BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Sergeant should be the number nine. My biggest concern is that Mexico does tend to make those little mistakes defensively. But it's the inconsistencies. With the Where's the mistake consistent, though? He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority of the time. No, look back at highlights. That's, no, that's, if that's you the have... Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to and... have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Football Show. As always, I'm Lizzie, U.S. Editor, covering North American football over at 90min.com with my co-host, Gino. How are you? I'm doing very well. It is cold here in New York. I am not wanting to go outside, but I do like fresh air. So that's the dilemma I face this week. Uh, but we get to spend some of this beautiful inside time talking about soccer and League MX and MLS. And as the year continues to move on, we get more and more soccer. And how could we hate that? So it's how good. How hate that? How are you? I'm good. Um, coming back from San Jose over at MLS Media Day. It's 39 back-to-back interviews, so we have a lot of content coming over um, on this podcast, 90min.com slash US, and on all social media channels, so be sure to stay tuned. At the end of this episode, we will cover two of our most recent exclusives, which ten they went viral, which were very interesting. Um, it's not hard either. Our social media handles are right here. Right at the right on the screen. It's really not that hard. Just just type them in. It's very easy. So fun. So easy. I don't know how you but, do it. I mean, 39 straight interviews. I don't even know if we were if I was there and we split the interviews, 20 interviews each would be a lot. You know, like that yeah. is that's a lot of interviews. But that means for you guys out there, you get more exclusive content from us. So stay tuned yeah. for that. I mean, Lizzie is posting stuff on 90 Min US already. Um so, but video stuff will come out in the future. Again, like we said, we'll be showing some stuff here uh, towards the end of the podcast as well. So stay tuned. Yeah, we have a lot. Um, but first and foremost, we have to recap League Liga MX um, week two. A lot of action. We draw, you lose. It's it's a it's an interesting week. Um, it's okay. We're you're one point ahead of us. You're one point yeah, ahead of us. Yeah, and it's us. a great time. It's a You're great one time. One point. Already. It's early. It's early in the season. A lot, lot of game left to play. A lot of game left to play. A lot of the Klaus Soda left. I'm not worried. It's a great time. Not even a little bit worried. Okay, well, you should be, but that's a point for another time. Um, Club America to start off with drew two two against Toluca in what honestly was a decent performance in my book. I was okay with the result given the fact that they're the runner ups from the um, 2022 Apertura. 
Nacho Ambriz is an excellent head coach. I think the team functions very well. And if it hadn't been for Oscar Jimenez, we probably would have been in a ditch. So thankful for him. 2-2 is an okay result. Obviously coming off of okay, the 0-0. Yeah, it, it's okay. It's okay. Let's let's leave it. I mean, because I personally don't think... I mean, there were, there were periods where Club America played well. But mm-hmm. I think for the most part, they probably could have played better. I, I think... Yeah. That they're still trying to find their stride where Toluca just seemed to have control of certain parts of the game as, um, yeah. you know, as we talked about a little bit before too, before the podcast, I felt like Toluca's transition game was really good. I felt like every time there was a big transition opportunity, Toluca was on the front foot and had a scoring chance. So that's something obviously that in a different game, maybe against a different opponent or on a different day that hurts club America more than it did. Yeah. Again, as we mentioned, Oscar Jimenez, as I put in my notes here, I just like his face. I don't know. He's got a really big smile and that's great. And I love the fact that he has a really big smile, but it bothers me a little bit. I don't know why there's just something about it. Despite despite that he had a very, very good game, which meant I had to see the smile more, which again, we're happy that he's happy, but at the same time, I don't know. It just, it's not my, I don't know. Not your cup of tea. Well, given his story, I'm glad he's smiling. Um, Prior to 2023, he had 13 appearances for Club America and 211 appearances on the bench. Um, He was obviously the substitute for Guillermo Choa and previous goalkeepers prior, but I think it's his moment to be out on the field. I am not completely opposed to seeing him back on the bench. He has given (laughs) great games. But he's 34, and obviously his backup recently signed player, Malagón, I would like to see developed on the field. Yeah. It works well for the Mexican national team, an up-and-coming goalkeeper who can soon, if Guillermo Chua doesn't make 2026, can run against Acevedo. So for the development of Mexican football, I'd like to see Malagón come up. Yeah, I Obviously, mean, I think, that's not the choice at the moment. I think also what we saw in, I mean, again, we talk about these the Copa Por Mexico as its friendlies, but still in those games, he was giving up goals, Oscar Jimenez. There were, there were times where he was probably caught out, he was caught out of position, was not playing his best. So on Saturday, we did see the best of Oscar Jimenez, but we did. it may be the very best and the top of his game. And again, like you said, he's 34. At 34, you know, there isn't much room for him to be on the Mexican national team. There isn't much room for him to grow. You do want to see some of those young players um, develop, but it may take some time for Malagón to get on the field, um, You know, being recently signed and getting accustomed to everything at Club America. But I would imagine maybe maybe not this Clausura, but probably by the Apertura, we're going to see him taking over. And again, there's time. You yeah. know, time we have. I think the thing with goalies is, whether it's such a difficult position. You don't really hit your prime till you're like 25, 26 years old, as opposed to a lot of outfield players who right. need to by 22, 23. So there's a little bit more time to develop as a goalie. We've seen more goalies go to 35, 36, 40 years old. Um, so it's definitely a different position. Um, so he does have time to grow, but still, like you said, for the development of soccer and or of Mexican soccer and for the development of the goalkeepers in Mexican, in the Mexican Federation, you do want to see these younger players playing more, of course. In these the, pro- the problem is though, as a goalkeeper, it's not like you're going to see 
a substitution made in the 60th minute as you would exactly. with the midfielders or forward. So exactly. you can be another Oscar Jimenez sitting on the bench for another 200 games, and that would be that would be terrible for Malagon. Yeah. So I mean, how that, much? That's how much my overall they, concern. How much did they spend on Malagon? Like quite a bit. So it was, it was a given I think move. that's your answer right there, though, right? I mean, again, it, it, quite a bit for Mexican. The Mexican league is different from you know, and for MLS to be fair, is different right. from Europe and and quite a bit in England or whatnot. But yeah. if they're spending on the higher end for a goalkeeper, a young goalkeeper, you're going to see him play sooner rather than later. So, um, I mean, I, also prior, obviously prior. Um, to Guillermo Chua's departure and everything, Oscar Jimenez did threaten the team. And I mean that not literally, but he was he was like, I'm going to leave if Memo Chua doesn't leave because he knew he wouldn't have an opportunity. So that's yeah. my concern in 10 years' time with Malagón saying, I'm going to leave Club America if Oscar Jimenez stops playing. Well, I mean, I, I feel like Oscar so. Jimenez spending 211 games on the bench, he probably should have made that argument sooner before. Yeah, uh, he probably should have. <laughs> but... Maybe at 30, make that comment. But at 34, maybe with, you know, probably your better years behind you, I would say maybe, maybe, maybe hold that one back. I mean, he had some options. I, I think he was linked to Juarez prior, but obviously he stayed. He did make a whopping 10 saves during the game against um, Toluca. So that was great. Yeah. I am not like a say, playing. I'd like to say that I thought, um, I do like the way Toluca is just offensively. I think they move the yeah. ball very well. Um, probably the best out of any team I've seen and watched, been able to actually get a a good look at out of the Mexican league so far. Mm. I feel like they're very composed, move the ball well. Um, under pressure, they look fine. Um, some really good passes through the lines a couple times that I, I thought, I mean, the first half, I felt like Toluca had a really good handle on things. Um, yeah. It, for at least up until the second goal. But after that, it was a lot of Club America. Um, there was a really great save at the end of the first half by, or in the first half by um, Jimenez to keep it at 2-1. Yeah. Um, and again, I th- like I said, I think that Club America kind of came into the game a little bit towards the middle, and then things started to fade a little bit more towards Toluca as, as Club America started to push forward and more of that transition um, offense became, you know, more, I guess, uh, effective in the fact that Club America is pushing forward, needing a goal, and Toluca was going the other way. Um, but I also said, <laughs> I have a couple things here. Um, okay. Club America was clearly bailed out by a pen. I mean, okay. it was, I mean, it's probably a yeah. pen, but like they were bailed out. Yeah, I don't really care. Um, and Liga MX is definitely the definition of shoot your shot because these guys are taking yeah. shots from 40 yards out with the goalkeeper like in the net. Like not even a remote chance of scoring, and they're just getting, and that's. I mean, that's what makes great. it fun. But that's, that's great. I like so offense, and I like the opportunity to score. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I mean, that was just a wasted opportunity. But yes, I, I define League MX as the shooter shot league. That's love my that. opinion. Uh, absolutely love that, and your analysis of Toluca. Nacho Ambriz is a phenomenal coach. Um, I personally wanted him to join the Mexican national team and lead that. I think he would have been a great um, individual to lead the team. Obviously, that was not the case, but we never know in the future. We, we don't have a head coach yet. Um, names are sounding, but we don't have a head coach yet. So, again, who knows? I mean, just to take a little Mexican tangent right here, I mean, 
you have four years and it's not a world cup qualifying year, like a world cup qualify. You don't have to qualify. That's true. But also tournaments are coming up and yeah, for sure. At what point do you say like, Oh, now it's go time before hosting. But I think those tournaments mean more if you have a qualifying because those tournaments in the early period after world cup are more spent trying to figure out who's going to play. Like you still have time for that, where the world cup qualifying that the U S Mexico and Canada are going to go through can more be used as, as the, the attempt to figure out which players fit best closer yeah. to the tournament rather than you having to figure it out before qualifying starts. And then right. you kind of have to play who you trust to make sure you get into the tournament before anything happens. I mean, I would still like to see a name announced pretty soon, at least before March, but who knows? Probably won't happen. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Anyway, you know who got a great game again? Tigres. They Tigres defeated. did have a great game, but I will say before Tigres. we get into this conversation, I think the score is a okay. little deceiving, but. Is it? Okay. Well, I think if you watch the game, like, I mean, I only watched the highlights, but through 55 minutes of this game, it was 1-1. Through 78 minutes of this game, it was 2-1. They got two goals turning over um, Pachuca in a situation where Pachuca needed to score. Their line was high, and they just turned right. over the defense. Um, so I don't think that Pachuca probably played as bad as the scoreline says and reflects, okay. especially at the beginning of the game. I thought they came out hot in terms yeah. of at least the highlights and what I did see, the many highlights that I did see. Um, yeah. But again, you know, Tigres looks very, very good right now. Um, and it was a, a great game by them. And honestly, fans were really good. Yeah. Held up to your uh, hype of them. So I told you. the fans were very good. And I really enjoyed uh, watching that too. So that was cool. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, they're coming off of an establishing 3-0 victory over Santos in the first week. And now... 4-1 victory over the reigning champions, which, again, phenomenal win. I think <laughs> it's sad for Pachuca, but not only did they beat them 4-1 in a devastating loss, but they also stole their leading goal scorer from last season, Nico Ibañez. They've since signed him. He didn't play, but he has since joined Tigres, and we will see him now boasting that yellow and blue. Um, but yeah. as for the game, Gorriran... We saw him score again. He's been a great addition for Tigres. And we knew that coming out of Santos. He was he was great last season. He wasn't a player that was going to stay idle on the field. He was always going to score or try to be up top all the time. And, and he is. And he's doing great. Gignac scored again. That was great. And I think overall the critiques I'm hearing is not so much this is a new and revolutionized team. Obviously, yes, the addition of Corrian helps. But we're seeing a well like a well-placed roster coached by a better coach. Obviously we know Miguel Herrera El Piojo left after last season for the old roster comment, but I mean, I mean they're on five. I mean, well they scored seven goals in two games. I'd say that's pretty yeah. good. You yeah, know, and, I mean, and Gignac doesn't look, you know, like old. he's aging or 37 years old. You know, he's doesn't been on to top of his yet. game. He doesn't, he doesn't need to use a cane yet. Uh, he's been on top of his game from what it looks like. And um, this Tigres team might, might be a, a, the team to beat. I don't know. They might, they're going to be up there with the contenders uh, for this one. As based they should on be, first though. Yeah. As they should be. This is, um, I want to say, the norm for them. Being mid-table or, or disappointing in the, in the playoffs was not where they belong. 
considering the money that they spend during the yeah. offseason. Yeah. And, again, and the moves you know, that they make, truly. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a team that should be at the middle of the league. <sighs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they are phenomenal. They're establishing themselves. It might not be that one shot game that we thought against Santos. Top of the league. We will see. Now we have Cruz Azul, who's not so hot this week. Sorry. They lost it's, 3-2 against know... Monterrey. That's so. That's like so mean. Because you know what? They, is it? It is. It is. Oh, mean. it okay. is mean. Um, because Cruz Azul. I mean, listen. They lost two one. It's not like they got blown out. They lost three, two, two runs to or oh three two. Sorry, I, I I had the score wrong on this one. Yeah, you guys three, let two, in they, three goals. We let in three goals. Okay, yes, but you guys have also let in three goals over two games. So okay, but we drew twice. We haven't <laughs> lost. Um, no, but I think, you know, listen, it was a harsh red card on Estrada. I don't really, so in the 53rd minute, this game is, you know, still in reach, of course. Yeah. And he didn't look over and elbow the guy in the face. He's jumping. It's a natural movement. Why is that a yellow card? Why? I don't understand why it's a yellow card. And I mean, listen, I mean, maybe it's different in the premier league because I watch that 95% of the times and I feel like. They don't give yellow cards out a lot for that in the Premier League. But I feel like, especially on a yellow, that's a harsh second yellow. You think it's a soft yellow? I think it's extremely soft yellow. I mean, he was already warm, though. He should have been more focused. Like, once you're on a yellow, you know not to do that. But but I feel like that comes to slide tackles and, you know, hard tackles and stuff like that. But I feel like in the air, if you're not looking over at the player, you don't have a glance at the player. I feel mm. like that is less of a hard. I mean, if the guy. I mean, jumps listen. Three I don't think that was earlier, defining, It's not a foul. I right? do not think that's the defining factor of the game. I think overall. I think you the guys defining factor. You guys scored one goal. It was a Berterame hat trick, essentially, because he scored three, two for Rayados and one for Cruz Azul. So technically, you guys scored one goal. It would have been 3 1 had it not been helped by the other team. So I what don't I, think the red card was the defining factor of the situation. I think you guys managed one goal. I mean, what I will say is I'm getting the full Everton experience because you they didn't, I mean, they, they did not, I mean, listen, they did not play very well in, the, in this match, obviously being down 10 men or down to 10 men for, you know, the majority of this second half obviously hurts you. They did get 13 shots off. Five of them were on target, which is great. I mean, that's awesome, but didn't control the possession that much. Allowed a lot of shots and shots on target. Um, Again, I mean, this Monterey side, I don't think is a bad team. So losing 3-2 or even 3-1 if you take away the own goal is not terrible. Not terrible. That's that's fine. But, I mean, the first two performances I've seen from this Cruz Azul side have not been encouraging for the Copa Port Mexico champions. I feel like we got Uh, some work to do over here. You definitely do. I mean, at least Oriol Antuna did play though. So yeah, you at least you had a goal. Um, we did from have a Antuna, goal. Antuna, who's great, is not going to Greece. Um, it was also interestingly the <laughs> the battle of the Funes Mori. Yes, twins, the battle of the brothers. I would be interested to know how many times that's ever happened in soccer. Not many. There was um, a point. Obviously, it happens every time. Every no, every but they've time been injured for quite a bit. Um, really? So. Yeah, there's been injury spells on both sides that have prevented the um, 
the ability for them to like come into battle. So it was long awaited at this point. Um, yeah, and it was great. I mean, Rogelio Funes Mori scored a goal, not that he, and he had an assist, World I think, Cup, but too. whatever. Yeah, so he was clearly was really unfortunate. Yeah, clearly the better brother, but also went to the World Cup, you know. So yeah, well, clearly the better. Our brother, bro- my was- my side's brother plays for the team that just won the World Cup, so it was hard for him. To get he wasn't the even there. Yes, but it was hard for him to no, get in the team. It it's count. so easy to get into Mexico. Oh, so easy count. to get into Mexico. They got out in the group stage. Not even the U.S. did that. Okay, first of all, first of all, are we talking about scandals? You want to talk about scandals? scandals. Your team just had one. You want to talk scandals. about the U.S. scandal again? I'm sorry. At least you don't have like telenovela threats and exposures going on on this side. So sorry. Listen, listen. We're a little bit more calm now. It hurts to be when you're good. When you're good, you just things come out. Things happen. Oh, really? You Are have we to, talking about the when you're same good and you're in the public the eye World more? Cup in 2018? 2018. Or... We don't, that year never happened. Oh, Actually, okay. never happened. So we're not, okay, we're not counting history then? Yes. No, we're not, okay. we're not counting history. That we're year definitely did not happen. Then. Okay, that's interesting. Definitely. I mean, the same way it didn't happen that um, Berhalter kicked his wife. You know. All right, all right. We're getting into we're getting this is getting very serious. We're getting into a way into, into a place where I feel like we should probably Yeah, let's have a way. Anyway, when it gets to domestic um, violence, you know, I think we could both agree domestic violence is not good. Not yeah, we do not condone at all means. So, at all means you're and a we US truly feel bad for um for Rosalind? his wife. Rosalind Barhalder deserves better on all aspects of the story and again but, there, oh, there will be more to come out about that because yeah the there's an ongoing investigation investigation so oh yeah there's so yeah we'll cover it all but there's an ongoing investigation um we will post results from that as well Berhalter is yeah. not technically back with the national team and contracts are not um being spoken about until results come out Correct. so he may still be involved with the national team we don't know yet but for it's now a very assist- harsh turn to our yeah an assistant head coach is here. going to be is going to be no, but we're on the same side on this. Case. No, we are on the same side. Yeah, yes, we're on the same and, and side. again, to be serious on this, obviously yeah. we mess with each other in terms of yeah, but we're you know, always on U.S. The same and Mexico. But when way. when it comes to something like this and as serious as this, we obviously we're, we're are on the same, on the same side. side with this. Yeah, uh, just had to make that clarification yeah. before anything else. Important, um, but, but above yes. all, above all, same side. Now, scooching back to Liga Mekis. Um, well, I guess this is a little also serious tone, but Cata Dominguez faces a three-match ban for, obviously, the incident that we spoke about last episode, the it's not going birthday well party. It's not going well for right now. It really is not going well for Cruz Azul. Despite the loss, also, you have this three-match ban. Um, he already, like, faced the first two matches. He obviously didn't play week one and week two, so now he has one game left in this three-match ban. I don't see him playing a huge part of the team regardless of this punishment or not. I think results-wise, he wasn't living up to the expectations anyway. So, honestly, I think Cruz Azul should have just cut him from the roster. But they instead went for the three-match ban. So, Yeah, honestly, I would say he should be cut from the roster too. Again, regardless of his... I guess regardless of his... Are you angry about this? Oh, no, sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, (laughs) it probably is like my seventh cup of coffee. So maybe it's just jitters. I'm really aggressive. Jeez. I'm so Um, sorry. No, um, but yes. This microphone has really good sound. Yes, it does. 
picks up a lot. Oh, um, but yeah, I mean, arguably you probably should just cut him from the team, whether yeah. he's good or not. I mean, the uh, tone, I guess, as we said, the tone deafness, is that a word? I don't know. Um, but yeah. that to the situation that was going on um, and the situation overall that, you know, it's not just from the past events of the past couple weeks, but overall, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, you should know better. You'd, yeah. Um, should be cut. So, you know, it's, should be cut. Yeah, but um, a punishment at least. At least they, there was a punishment for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably should have been cut. Yeah. Um, switching over now to Santos Laguna, they bounced right back from the right defeat back. against Tigres, right back with a three-zero victory over Pumas. Um, I think it's phenomenal. Um, something I really like about Santos in general is the fact that if they do well, we know the Mexican national team has rising stars because they usually take these young Mexican players, usually from either their academy or like these um, under 17, under 19, or I mean, under 20 Mexican national team. And that was the case this weekend because Diego Medina scored two goals. He's 21 at the moment. And he recently played with the Mexican national team under 20 team. He came from the academy. Like that's something really unique to Santos and they usually sell to across the league and abroad as well. So yeah. seeing them thrive means Mexican soccer is thriving. And that's that's always a good sign. For it was some a, people. a tough defeat to come through. But yeah, they, right they, bounce, they did rebounce right back. I mean, I will say it is, I felt kind of bad for the Pumas goalkeeper because the two, first two goals were unlucky. like extremely unlucky goals. Just really <laughs> bad bounces and just unfortunate things that happened to him. So in terms of on the field, so it's again, another game where, you know, Santos maybe got the benefit of the, you know, some luck in this one, but they were definitely the better, I think the better team too. Um, You know, obviously again, we go back to shoot your shot. You got to put the shot on net. You got to make the goalkeeper force to save for him to get unlucky. So, um, so you have to put shots on net attempt and, and they did, um, they did play really well. And Pumas, um, just, I mean, needed a better performance. Now they lost or they won one, nothing last week. Right. Am I wrong? Just going back in I my think mind. You are. No, I think you are. I don't think they won. Did they? Um, sorry. I'm looking at the results right now. Where am I? No, yeah, they won 2-1, but it was over uh, – is, mm. is it Juarez? Is that how you pronounce that? Juarez. Juarez. Um, uh, close, I was close. I was close. Yeah, um, were close. So they won 2-1. They get the three points, but come back to, I guess, maybe some of the form that we saw. Yeah. Um, or I guess you can say those of us who watched League MX last season because I will admit I did not watch it. This is my first season, as you all know. Um, so bounce back to that form that they were kind of in last season – three nothing losses to a team like Santos Laguna that yeah. arguably you'll be in a competition with in the table. <laughs> My Spanish is improving. I am realizing I'm, yeah, I'm tr- trying. I listen to the games on and Spanish. And it's good. No, but it's going well. It's I'm very well. proud. I am um, very proud. But yeah, no, I mean, arguably to, I mean, to go back to Pumas, it's just, they're going to be fighting with Santos probably during points of the season, a majority of the season, you would think, unless, yeah. Santos has a remarkably better season and or Pumos has a really bad season. I think they'll both be kind of right around the bottom of the playoffs there, maybe. Um I hope I mean Santos Santos Laguna is coming off of a great 22 Apertura campaign. Yeah. 
they ended top four, which was great. And there's something yeah. special about Eduardo Fentanes, the head coach. I had an interview with him um, last season where I asked why in particular they were doing so well on the offensive front when they didn't have a candidate for the league's top scorer because the goals were really sprinkled throughout the roster, which was great. And he said it's an ability to be able to do that and not, in other words, put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah. Paid off because obviously Gorrián did really well and left. So now his ability to switch that mindset to another player and another group of um attacking players is great and we're seeing that once again like they do have the ability to score they yeah. do have this outlet for goal scoring Fentanis knows what he's doing I think he's one of like the young coaches really meticulous and really fixated on yeah. technique and work ethic rather than overarching themes and we're seeing that on the pitch and I don't think they're struggling as much as they want to I think it'll be hard to reach top four again given yeah the off-season moves of some of these teams. But I think, I don't know, I think like 6-7 would be a decent estimate for them. Obviously, yeah. this is after two weeks um, and the moves that they made during the off-season. But I want to say 6 or 7. We also didn't predict standing, so we should probably do that for next episode. <laughs> we need to predict standings for Everybody knows what we think, right? Um <laughs> We'll, we'll come up with it. It'll be we'll like, uh, no, or maybe we wait till halfway through the season and we'll do like uh, a like mid midway predictions. All right. I like that. We'll I think that's, that might be better because at this point, it's, be, I mean, we're already I know, into it. We're into it, but we're you know, it's it. not like you don't know anything, but yeah. No, midway so, in. Midway in, we'll do, we'll do one and, and predict. And I'm sure my Lovely. predictions will be right and yours will be wrong. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> what a I good should, prediction already. I should read the standings in Spanish. That would be a very interesting read. Um, I probably would not do a good job, a good job at it. I have um, faith in you. But again, I'm listen. I'm you know we're working on it. I'm translating some of these things by you know this one, the last uh, clip that we translated, which you guys will see. I didn't use Google Translate. I just use your translation you? and my mind. So um, that helps. So Spanish Proud is getting better. You. Spanish Proud is getting you. better. Um, so fun. But yes, looking forward to Santos. I mean, as we mentioned, I do like a team who produces young talent yeah. and has a lot of that young talent. You like to see those up and comers and it seems like Santos is that team. So okay. I do like seeing that. I don't really care whether they produce for the Mexican national team. Could could care less, but <laughs> good for them for doing well in this week. Of course. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Excellent time. Excellent timing. Um, speaking about the Mexican national team, during MLS Media Day, we talked to Chicharito Javier Hernandez, um, the Mexican national team's leading goal scorer, obviously. And he had some very interesting things to say. We know that he did not feature for the Mexican national team in the latest edition of the World Cup in Qatar. There was some controversies surrounding his absence. We know he did not do well under Gerardo Martino. He broke a couple of rules that led to a lack of call-ups under his system and coaching style. So he didn't make it. Obviously more on that on 90 Min, so we don't have to cover all of that on air. But Martino is out. There's a new World Cup cycle starting, and 2026 is just around the corner. So here's what he had to say about that. Mira, hay un güey que dijo, imaginémonos cosas chingonas, ¿no? Que no lo conozco, pero, este, pues claro que te diría que sí, pero obviamente requiere muchísimo de a ver cómo, 
cómo llegaré físicamente, que es lo más importante, pero creo que con el cuidado, con la eh, inversión de tiempo, de trabajo, de todo lo que estoy haciendo a mi cuerpo, a mi mente y a mis emociones, claro, ¿por qué no? Hay muchos ejemplos de jugadores eh, rindiendo no nada más eh, de, de fútbol, sino también en otros deportes que rinden a los 40 años, 38, 39, que, que, que son extraordinarios. Entonces, sí, ¿por qué no? Obviamente, sí. Dependerá de muchos factores, pero pues, sí, mi respuesta es sí. And his yes is referring to representing the Mexican national team at the 2026 World Cup. He would be around 38 at that point, which, I mean, we've seen Rafa Marquez reach that age with the Mexican national team at a World Cup, so it's not extremely strange, but it was definitely interesting to hear him want to come back to the Mexican national team after everything. I'm of two minds with this, right? I think from okay. a perspective of the Mexican national team and whether Chicharito helps the Mexican national team at 38 years old, my answer would be no. I would okay. say he probably doesn't help and he probably may create more of a distraction than, you know, just him being back and obviously everything surrounding it. It may create more of a distraction than anything, but at the same time, what I will say is I can't blame him. 2026 for wanting to back, come back. coming back for your, your definite world cup in your home country, yeah. how could you not want to do that? So I think he, in his comments, he said it. Obviously, it's a difficult task. He has to be up to it physically, mentally. Um, it's it's not going to be easy. And with the way that the Mexican number nines are coming up with Santi Jimenez and, you know, um, Henry Martin and some of these other number nines who are more prominent in the team and starting to make their way, you know, up into the ranks and make a name for themselves. It's going to be a hard task, but again, yeah. you cannot blame him for wanting to do that because I would want to play. If I was 38, I'd want to play the next world cup in my home country. I like that's how I would feel. So I don't blame him, but I don't know if it would be a good move overall for the Mexican national team to bring him in 2026, but that's, I guess, to be determined in 2026. I agree. I, I agree with what you have to say. Honestly, it's, There is obviously this emotional component of the upcoming World Cup for three nations. And it was a similar topic throughout a couple of the interviews we did in MLS Media Day. I mean, we spoke to Samuel Viet of the um, Canadian national team, Mark Anthony Kay, um, Kellen Acosta, DeAndre Yedlin with the U.S. men's national team, Hector Herrera and Chicharito with the Mexican national team. And all of them had this emotion towards 2026. And obviously playing... In the, in the sport's biggest tournament and most international stage in your home country is what I imagine a surreal feeling. I mean, if you saw players crying in Qatar when hearing their national anthems, I can't even imagine what it must be like in your home soil to be surrounded by your people playing the game that you love. So I do understand the need for players to get to that World Cup. I think when talking about it, this is so much more of an emotional standpoint, more than a logical one. You think of these veteran players reaching yet another World Cup. It'll be difficult. Interestingly enough, I asked, obviously, DeAndre Yedlin the same question, and we'll head into um, this topic more in next episode as well, but I asked DeAndre Yedlin if he could make, like, see himself making the next World Cup, and he cited Tim Ream as an inspiration, saying the turnaround his career had and the moment where he's at right now is such an inspiration for other players trying to reach yet another tournament. So we shall see. Obviously, I don't think anyone saw Tim Ream's career going this way 
prior. I don't, I don't I even mean, think he did. Again, I will say this and I will take full blame for this, but up until this world cup, I hated Tim Ream. Oh, I like every that. time he showed up for the U S men's national team, I was so mad, but really? he very well deserved his opportunity in 2022 and he took it. And I think he did very well. And he continues to do very well for a Fulham team to get a little bit off topic here with the Premier League, but for a Fulham team that is playing very well right now under Marco Silva. So I have to give him props because I thought before this year, Tim Ream was one player who I wanted nowhere near the U.S. men's national team. And I have to give him props for for making that resurgence. And you can't, and going back to what we're talking about, there's no saying that any of these players cannot make that resurgence. You know, there's especially a player of Chicharito's talent. Um, Tim Ream is an American hero. They're building a statue right outside my apartment. Um, I think they're building one in each state. Naturally, Um, naturally. They probably will not build any Mexican national team statues from this year because they didn't make it out of the group stage. But So glad you got one more opportunity to just like sweep that right in. (laughs) Phenomenal stuff. Great stuff. Um, really appreciate that. Anyway, um, it's so hard to keep up with the pressure when you make every single World Cup, you know? I, I know you can't relate to that, but it is difficult being on the other side of that. Anywho. If you're not winning, you're losing. So what does it really matter? You also matter? lost. <laughs> you also lost. Join the team. Exactly. We're all in the, the same boat. Yeah, we're all in the same boat. At least um, Club America did better than Cruz Azul and you and Liverpool. They're going to be better. You know what? So, anyway. Cruz Azul is going to be above Club America by the end of this table. I promise. That, Laying that, it down right now. Take. I don't see that happening. No, if, save it for your mid, um, mid-tournament standings predictions. We, we will get into all of that. Cruz Azul number one, Club America number 12. That's how I feel about this. Yeah, no, for it's, sure. Uh, for sure. That'll How so happen. Fun. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so that's us this week. Again, tune in next week. We'll have a lot more exclusives once I get through transcribing and those 39 interviews. 39 but, interviews, people. Give her some time. Yeah, I, I, I need a minute. But we'll be posting things up on our Twitter, social media channels, my personal Twitter, Gino's personal Twitter, and YouTube as well. So feel free to tune back in and thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.